You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan University hosted their 37th annual Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Scholarship Breakfast on Monday, January 16th. Dr. Mae Jamison, a trailblazer as the first woman of color in space, was the event's keynote speaker. A graduate of Stanford University and Cornell University Medical School, Dr. Jamison built a career wearing numerous hats as an engineer, physician, and even as an actor on the television series Star Trek. Following the special event, Dr. Jamison spoke with Rowan Radio Public Affairs Director Megan Steckler about her career in the STEM field, working with NASA, her television career, and more. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents A Community Affair, a weekly program where we discuss with national and local newsmakers important issues that impact our community. And now, here's your host, WGLS-FM Public Affairs Director, Megan Steckler. What is the focus of your work today and growing up, what influenced you to go into engineering and medicine as well as African and African-American studies? So those are a lot of questions all packed into one. So I want to unpack it a little bit. And, you know, I think my world was always about creativity, about exploration and discovery and challenge. So all of those things had some combination of them. When I was, I went to in, into engineering because I wanted to do something called biomedical engineering, which was not a field, really formal field at the time I wanted to go into it. And so I ended up doing chemical engineering. I went to medical school to get the medical piece of it, found that I really liked medicine in developing countries. And when I was in uh, college, I also majored in African studies, really it was African and Afro-American studies, but the depth was in linguistics because I took two years of Swahili and then I did a lot of work on African politics. What does that mean? That means that I started to see different perspectives in the world. So as I was growing up, I was always involved with student politics, paid attention to what was happening in the world, but actually doing a formal degree in it means that you had to learn some things that you wouldn't necessarily learn any other way. And so how that's influenced me now is that I've always recognized that sociocultural issues influence our science and our science influences how we interpret, see, and act on social cultural issues. It influences our ambition because our ambition determines whether we use certain tools. Like do we use a certain combination of minerals to propel a bullet or to create a fireworks display? That has to do with ambitions. There's nothing in that combination of minerals that says it has to be a bullet, right? Absolutely. And so I think that those are the things that are really important to me. And it helped me with my focus in terms of the work I do today, which is a lot. um, I lead a project called 100 Year Starship, which is about making sure we have the capabilities for human interstellar flight. But our emphasis is on how do we get a global community involved in it and how do every step of the way we benefit life here on Earth? Because that's the point. 
Absolutely. And speaking on that, you're obviously an advocate for social responsibility with your nonprofit and everything that you have accomplished and everything that you're working towards. What does that translate to as a STEM student or a professional? So I think social responsibility, you, I will not um, categorize it as STEM or others because it means using your work so that you put the world in a better place and that you can benefit many people or you benefit folks and that's a primary, um, there's a primary goal there. So whether you're in business, you have to ask yourself, what are you doing in your business, right? How much money is enough? And I know that that sounds like a, like, how can you say that, right? It does not sound like something that you should even ask that question. But we do have to ask the question because many times in business, we may, we may not do what is best for the world or we may do things that we know are harmful but we make excuses for that behavior so i would say if you're in science and stem fields what are you doing how do you apply that how do you uh, try to benefit as many people as possible i think the the framework is the same across disciplines you know we tell stories right what stories we tell make a difference in the world how we tell those stories who who delivers the narrative makes a difference in the world, whether it's about space, whether it's about uh, design, whether it's about raising children or growing plants. That narrative makes a difference. So that responsibility is baked into all of us. It doesn't mean that you're always running around doing this, that thing, or the other, but it should be within our consciousness. Our politics should reflect whether or not we're actually trying to help. You know, there's that whole thing about when people think about power, you know, they say power corrupts, but um, I think there was another quote that said, it's not power that corrupts, it's the fear of losing power. You know, what do we do? That's really powerful. And I'm actually a business student, so I absolutely know where you're coming from. A lot of companies are definitely just geared towards making a profit and not looking towards their social responsibility. But I will say, as time goes on, I have been seeing more corporate companies take responsibility and have that accountability within their organization or their industry. So I can definitely see where you're coming from with everything. And that, and that taking that responsibility happens because people said it, right, within the company. So people sometimes act as though businesses are outside the people who run them. No, they reflect. They reflect the ambitions, the thoughts, the beliefs of the people who are involved, which is a reason why we need so many different types of people with different perspectives involved in business, involved in these ways that we shape our world. Because those different experiences make a difference to the solutions we come up with, even makes a difference to the questions we ask. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, you are the first woman of color in space and that is an incredible accomplishment. So I would really like to ask a question relating to that. How did the Challenger explosion affect your decision to apply to NASA? So my application was in at the time the Challenger explosion occurred. And that um, application process was delayed while they figured out what to do and how to re before they restarted it. And I left my application in. So I knew at the time that space was dangerous and that launches were dangerous. And of course, it makes you take pause and um, 
I remember that I was on my way to to work that morning. I was out in Los Angeles, and I had the TV on. And I had the TV on because uh, Ron McNair was fine, and I had met Ron um, when I had gone down to NASA once to JSC. He had talked with me about, you know, being an astronaut and stuff. So I had it on in the background watching it. And when they said that they had lost you know, communication, and they seemed to be a malfunction. It was one of those things that was very difficult. And I remember people calling me to find out, was I still going to leave my application in? And yes, I was, because we know that things could happen. It is not something that is without danger. I believe we have become so good at it that people forget that you're sitting on tons and tons of high explosives, right? that there are things that can happen and you can't control everything. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's such a difficult, difficult position to be in because I know that you had such an ambition to go to space and to see that happen. Obviously, there was some sort of, I'm assuming some sort of delay within your application after that explosion happened. Did it ever make you rethink keeping your application submitted no, it, it did not change things. So I had done some things that in some ways were more frightening to me, than much more frightening than being on uh, this vehicle where so many people were paying, out, paying attention to you, looking out for you. Um, when I was in Sierra Leone, I came across a, a disease, loss of fever, where I had to, there was a, uh, a U.S. aid worker died up country, and the only thing I could get back is somebody said he died of loss of fever before we could actually, I could send the body back. I had to do an autopsy because anything, loss of fever is a hemorrhagic virus, um, and it has a very high mortality rate. And um, it was the one disease that I had ever read about in medical school that frightened me. And so I had to figure out how to get an autopsy done and do all of that in a in an environment that uh, I had no clean rooms and things like that. So that was much more frightening um, than sitting, you know, than than following up on the, the the space shuttle because it was, you know, I was sort of on my own and had to, you know, count on a couple of other docks there. Um, but we didn't have any equipment, and I had to sort of forge a set of equipment. So I've been in situations that um, were difficult, so it wasn't something that I was worried about. The, the issue is that you sometimes you have to calm your family and friends, right, because it's so public. Yeah, and I'm sure your parents and your friends were, were they trying to convince you to take your application away because they were worried for you? No, my, my mother said something, but then my dad said, of course she's going to do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of interesting because I'd worked in a Cambodian refugee camp before. You could hear the shelling from the Vietnamese if you, the, over the, the Thai border that was going on and with the Khmer Rouge and stuff. And, you know, there were some ways that, you know, my uncle made this tongue-in-cheek thing saying that, you know, she'll be pretty safe there. <laughs> she wouldn't be on the south side. Of, I'm not going to finish that statement. But it was that, you know, I think it's really about how you look at the world, right? Absolutely. And speaking on your application and that process, how did you stand out in the application process to become an astronaut? 
I don't know. What did I say? I was pretty cool. I don't know. <laughs> How could they not pick me? I don't know. I, you know, one of the things I can say about the astronaut corps is they like people, the NASA astronaut corps, which is different now because we have a lot of uh, folks that are called astronauts because they go into space versus when you're a career astronaut with NASA or ESA or some of the other places and the things you have to do. But they like people who have lots of different experiences because you're doing everything up there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you're a trailblazer for female astronauts and women in general. What does that mean to you? So I never see myself that way um, because I believe from time to time you have to, while you're self-observant, you shouldn't be so self-observant that you fail to observe the world around you and to be innately yourself. Maybe that sounds like a bunch of word salad, but it's not meant to be. It means that if I paid so much attention to the world seeing me as the first woman color in space or a trailblazer, then I might miss the opportunity to be myself because I want to conform to what other people think. So the work that I do now, for instance, with 100-Year Starship, um, is really about changing the narrative. Yes, I can use some of that platform. I can use the knowledge and the experience I have, but it has to be combined with other things, like having been an environmental studies professor has tried to you know, start a different uh, uh, technical startup companies. It has to be combined with all of that, right? And, and that's the piece I think is important, is that how we evolve our life, how do we evolve what we do and not get stuck in, here's what people want me to be. They want me to be that little orange flight suit picture. It's a cute picture. It's a cute picture. I like <laughs> it better now that I've gotten older, right? It's a cute picture. But that's if I stayed there, what would be the point? The point is to evolve and grow. Can you talk a little bit about your television appearances? Did you enjoy acting? And what was your favorite appearance? So growing up, I danced. I did a lot of performing arts and I did a lot of artwork. So um, it was kind of it was kind of cool to be in uh, on some of the television programs. You know, no, of course, Star Trek was fun, right? So being there with Riker and all of that and the next generation with LeVar Burton and all, Star Trek was really fun. One of the my favorite ones was a program that many people may not have watched. It was called World of Wonder, and it was years ago when I first came out of the astronaut corps. And what was really neat about that is we went different places, and I uh, hosted uh, different segments of the show from different places. And that was a lot of fun because it allowed me to do that exploration, right, the creativity, um, and really sort of push the envelope. These days, I'd love to do a program of my own where I could actually shape and, and do the narrative and put together the pieces because um, so many times stories are told from a narrative of golly gee wow, right? Science is always golly gee wow. Instead of this is something you can participate in, we don't have to tell it as golly gee wow. We can tell it as a, as a story and invite people in. Thank you to Dr. Mae Jamison and Megan Steckler. You can catch more Rowan Radio content by searching for Rowan Radio On Demand on your favorite podcasting platforms. 
You've been listening to A Community Affair. Be sure to join us on the third Saturday of every month at 9 a.m. as we discuss the important issues that impact you and our community. Only here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.